Uh, we are going to continue our series today uh, on my pastor's book, Naked and Unafraid. Let's say it together, Naked and Unafraid. Uh, I was out of town for a few days this week, and even yesterday I was recording a video in a very busy place. It was all kinds of shops and restaurants. It's a Saturday. There's people going every which direction. Uh, my wife, my girls are in and out of shops, and I wanted to record a quick video just to say hello and see you tomorrow, story side, which is today. Uh, but there was so many people, but I decided, you know, I'm just going to go for it. So I grabbed my book out of my backpack and uh, get my phone out. And, you know, four or five takes in, it was unbelievable how I would just stand there, hey, story side, it's Pastor Micah, excited about tomorrow. We're continuing naked and unafraid. Every single time out of my peripheral, I could see people staring at me, looking at me, wondering like, who is this guy? Uh, what are they doing? Uh, but I'm glad you guys this month are getting naked and unafraid. Uh, we are looking at these keys that my pastor wrote about in the book, um, and we're, we're excited about the series, excited about our life groups on Sunday nights, uh, and, and people just diving a little bit deeper, building relationships with that. The series is about embracing the risk and experiencing the rewards of living a large, open, and expansive life. Last week, we talked about the importance of risking exposure, risking exposure. My pastor has built a lot of uh, the thematic goal in the book is around David and Michael or, uh, or McCall, his wife, and how she is in the window watching and David is in the street dancing. And you and I he builds this, this process, this uh, really decision that you and I will make, whether or not we're going to be a window watcher or we're going to be a street dancer in life. And many of you have already shared with me that how much you're loving the book and, and making that choice that you want to dance in the street. Uh, you don't want to play it safe. And so we're going to continue uh, the, the series today with the second part. So, so the first is risk exposure. Uh, the second part that we want to look at today is abandoning smallness. Abandoning smallness. Uh, we'll then conclude the series with pushing past criticism, owning your story, and fighting for your future. As we look at abandoning smallness today, the reality is that you and I, if we're not careful, we can be driven by fear. We can be driven by fear. Everyone say fear. Fear. I heard the joke, it's one of my favorite ones, just because there's so much truth to the joke, but about little Johnny, he's five years old, he's in the kitchen, his mom's cooking dinner, and as she's cooking uh, dinner, she asks Johnny to go into the pantry and get her a can of tomato soup, and he doesn't want to go in alone, and he, so he's telling his mom, it's dark in there, and I'm scared, and I'm afraid, that's what we're talking about today, and she asks him several times, and he continues to persist that he's afraid to go to the pantry, and so finally Johnny's mom says, Johnny, it's, it's okay, uh, Jesus will be in there with you. So little Johnny walks down the hall, uh, and, and he, he's very hesitant, but he opens the pantry door, and he peeks inside, and he can see how dark it is, and he's trying to acclimate his eyes to the darkness, and finally in that moment as he stands there at the entryway, little Johnny said, Jesus, if you're in there, would you hand me out a can of tomato soup? Uh, <laughs> Fear, fear has a way of getting to all of us. Philippians tells us in chapter 4, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. John tells us in chapter 14, 
Jesus says this in the book of John, don't be worried, don't be worried, and don't be afraid. The psalmist tells us in, in the 27th Psalm, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, whom shall I be afraid? Proverbs 12 is a very powerful verse, and uh, Proverbs 12 verse 25, very powerful when it says, an anxious heart. Think of those words, an anxious heart weighs a man down. An anxious heart weighs a man down. Luke 12, Jesus says, which of you by worrying? How many's ever worried before? Which of you by worrying can lengthen your life by even one hour? Some of us could raise both hands. The things, whether it's parenting or marriage or monies or your future, which of you by worrying, your job, which of you by worrying can add one hour to your life? 2 Corinthians chapter 6, my pastor uses this verse in the book, dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. We didn't fence, 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 fence. We didn't fence you in. I heard the joke about the teacher who asked her class, the teacher asked her class to come up with a sentence that includes the words defense, defeat, and, deta and detail. Little Johnny's waving his hand, he's all excited, so the teacher asked little Johnny for his sentence and he said, when a horse jumps over defense, defeat goes over before detail. <laughs> we didn't fence you in. Notice what the verse says. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes where? It comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them. You're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. When we, when we make the choice or the decision to abandon smallness, it requires all of us to get beyond the fear fence. And so, if Rick decides... I want to risk exposure, I want to dance in the street, and we move into this second step, abandoning smallness, Rick is going to have to determine that he's going to get over the fear fence. And the fear fence can affect us in a lot of ways. can affect you in your relationships, can affect you in your mindset or mentality when it comes to business or education, it can affect you right down to just even your worship, your praise. You could come into a setting like this and never really experience everything you could have got out of the service or way maker, promise keeper, because you're so worried about what everyone in your row or around you would think about you. We all have fences in every area of our lives that try to contain us or hold us back. So whether it's Rick, Junior, the Eichelbergers, 
all the way across, all the way to the back, if you are going to live this naked and unafraid, wide open, expansive lifestyle, we will have ongoing, ongoing choices where we decide to abandon smallness and to get over or get beyond the fear fence. When we think of fear, a lot of people would say, Pastor Micah, my fear is, or my worry is. You know, some people, my, my third daughter, Eliana Grace, she has a fear of storms. And so even this week, it, it gets cloudy, it gets stormy one day, and we are out walking, and Eliana's first response, Dad, we got to go home. Like, we, we, got, we have to go back because she doesn't like storms. My wife doesn't like snakes. Anyone that doesn't like snakes, my wife, snakes will send her over the edge. She's usually pretty calm, but a snake can do it. We, we were actually in Arizona a few months ago, and she works herself up about all the snakes that are potentially there, and she's heard about how big they can be, and you know, she'll almost research in advance. We're, we're walking, we had gone to see my pastor who wrote the book, and we are walking down the side of the street, and my wife was actually talking about the snakes and watching, and they can be in this bush, and they can be around this greenery, and all of the sudden, all of the sudden, one of the sprinklers that were set out, you could ask her, one of the sprinklers that were set out turned on, and it just started moving, and my wife was ready to like climb a wall, uh, thinking it was, it was a snake. There's a lot of fears that people have. Some, some people are afraid of heights. Some, some people are afraid of planes. How many are afraid of planes? You just don't want to fly. Uh, I've, I've had some of you tell me, uh, to my understanding, that you've never flown before. Rick, it, you're, you're one, right, Rick? You've never flown before. Rick, Rick has told me he, if he has to go somewhere, he will drive, even days, but he's not flying. I always find it so funny. You know, I, I fly quite a bit, and I always find it funny when the pilot uh, comes over the intercom, Spencer, and he'll always say, uh, hello, folks, this is your captain here in the cockpit. And you're always thinking, like, where else would you be? Uh, if you tell me something besides that, you're going to really freak everyone out. Hi, this is the captain here in the restroom right now. Just want you guys to know we're good. Um, I did hear the joke about the comedian that said if, you know, they were going all over all the safety precautionary measures of the plane and, you know, this air mask will drop down and I heard the comedian that said, you know, because one of the things are grab your seat cushion, and he said, if we free fall 500 miles an hour from high in the sky into the ocean, uh, you probably don't want to use my seat cushion as a floating device. Uh, that's gross. Um, the kind of fear we're, we're talking about today is not the kind of fear that you feel when your life is suddenly in danger. We mentioned some of those things, heights and flying and snakes and we're not necessarily talking about that kind of a fear today. Uh, it's not the panic of, of when you sense the turbulence on the plane. We're not talking about, you know, even the fear of someone breaking into your house at night. The kind of fear we want to discuss in the, in, in the next few minutes together is the fear that holds you and I in, in a spirit of smallness, and it's actually harder to recognize at times because we might call it, we might, even, we might not even say it's a fear. We might say it's a hesitation. Pastor Mike, I'm just hesitant. Or 
You might use the word that you're just an individual that has apprehensions. You might, you might call it a concern or an insecurity. You might, not, you might not consider it one of those big fears, but it could, it could be something like a fear of rejection. A fear of rejection. That who would, who would want to marry someone who's single and fill in the blank? Fill in your age, if you have a child. And, and so you have a fear of rejection. Who would want to hire someone? Who would want to be with? Who would want to use? Pastor Micah, could God really do something amazing in ministry in my life and I'm only 13? It's a fear of rejection. Pastor Micah, could God do something incredible in my life? I'm 65. It's a fear of rejection. So we all have, we all have these fences that faith is trying to get over and these fences are trying to hold us back they're trying to restrain us from living this wide open kind of life. These fears will fence you and I in. The scripture that we read today, the writer is challenging Corinth. Don't let this mentality or mindset hold you back. Don't let this mentality get the best of you because as a man or woman thinks in their heart, like if you're on this side of the fence and you're thinking this way, as you think on the inside, as you think in your heart, all these processes, all these apprehensions, all these as you think, that's the direction your life is going to go. And the writer said, don't let that fence you in. Maybe it's your demographics. How could God in Belleville? I've, I've had that fence before. How could God? Demographics sometimes mess with people's minds. Maybe it's your location. Maybe it's politics. Maybe it's the economy. Maybe you're like, I would love to go to college, but I just don't know. It's an election year. I mean, think, think about all the fear fences you can have. I, I, I would love to risk, I would love to leap, I would love, but oh, I just don't know, Pastor Micah. Maybe it's something relationally. Maybe you have been burned. Maybe the last marriage, maybe the last church, maybe the last pastor you had, maybe the last, and, and, and you want to be engaged, you, you, you want to be involved, you want to take the leap, but the moment you get there, you start thinking about 5, 10, 15 years ago, and sometimes your fence can be those things that you have gone through in your past. It could be something as simple as, as a relationship. You'll start, you'll start wanting to put your finger on either the predicament or the place or the person that's holding you back. I'm only here... Because my parents divorced, Pastor Micah. I'm, I'm fenced in because of my ex. Pastor Micah, I'm fenced in because of my employer, my boss. You, you really will. You'll, you'll, you'll want to come up with the reasons why you're fenced in. Because then we can point at that person or place and lay blame. The writer, and I feel the Holy Spirit for someone even as we're sharing it today, 
the writer is trying to challenge someone. Corinthians, you're fenced in, and it's not because of them, and it's not because of their. The fenced in is coming from within. This smallness is on the inside of you. That's what's holding you back. That's what's keeping you restrained. And you need to deal with that. What is the insecurity? What is it in your life? What's the inhibition? What's the inadequacy? I can't fill in the blank good enough. I can't do that, Pastor Micah. The Bible is full of those stories. If, If you turn page after page, it doesn't matter if it's Gideon or Moses, all the way into the New Testament, every person who does great things for God had a fear fence they had to get over. What is yours today? What's the mentality? What's the mindset? What is it that's causing you to stay back? You'll read in the book the example of the African impala. The impala can jump 10 feet high and 30 feet long. But they say a lot of times that zookeepers or different animal kingdom habitats, they can actually keep the impala in with a three-foot-high fence. So this fence or wall that's about three foot high, even though the impala can jump 10 feet, even though it could go 30, it will not jump a three foot high fence because they say the impala will not jump to a place if they are unable to see where they're going to land. I think we all have a little bit of the impala inside of us. That when we don't know the outcome, you'll read that in the book, that when we take risks, when we abandon smallness, when we decide, I want to live this wide open life, there is no guarantee of the outcome. No guarantee of the outcome. And with this impala, if we are not careful, the exact same thing happens to us when we are afraid. We're talking about naked and unafraid. We are afraid to take risk. We are afraid to make the jump in our lives because we don't know the outcome. What is the fence that holds your faith hostage today? What is the fence that holds your faith hostage today? You could probably put a name on it. You could probably write my age. You could probably write, you know, some of you could, could, could probably even say, you know, Pastor Micah, you know, it's my relationship status right now. It's my financial status right now. It's my, you, you probably don't need any, you know, real in-depth Greek and Hebrew and you, you know the fence because every time you get close to it, you always come back. What, what is that fence that's holding you back today? The fence that's constraining and containing you. Then I want you to think of it this way. In our final few minutes together, think of it this way. What, it, what is the fence, or for some of you, who is the fence? Like, like what, it, what is that 
what is that fence? What is that inadequacy or insecurity? What, what, what is that on the inside of you that if you were ever able to leap over the fence, if you were ever able to get past that, what is the business degree? What is the business idea? What is the creativity? What, what, what is the college success? What is the church plan? What is the song? What is the invention? What's the relationship? What, what is it if you ever got past this fence, people would say, wow, I don't even recognize him. I don't even recognize her. What is it that if you could ever get past that, this wide open life, God is saying, I would restore and I would stir up and I would give if you could ever get over that fence. You could ever take the leap of faith. Come on, Impala. Come on, Story Sight. You have the leap in you. It's not like the Impala doesn't have the ability to leap. You have the leap in you. You have the ability on the inside of you. Are you willing to take the jump? Someone say, I'm making a move. Michael Jordan said they were talking to him about his career shot percentage and, you know, different nights he would have 30 attempts and different misses he would have. And Michael Jordan responded and he said, well, I've missed 100% of the shots I didn't take. Make a move. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. For God has not given us. Micah, God did not give you a spirit of fear. Storyside, God did not give you a spirit of fear. Judge McKinley, God did not give you a spirit of fear. Rob Thrush, God did not give you. Maddie, God did not give you a spirit of fear. God did not design for me to get to this fence, Tawny, every time and be so afraid of tomorrow and next week and next month. And God did not give you a spirit of fear. But a power, love, and of a sound mind. When you look at some smallness in our lives, maybe, maybe when you identify what that is, otherwise, remember, we're, we're just going to point and blame people and places if you identify smallness on the inside of you, what, what, what is that? What is the smallness on the inside of you that's holding you back? The many you or the many me, just to give you some examples, might be petty and get caught up in trivial, unimportant stuff that you should minimize and overlook. I think we're all guilty of that sometimes. The many you might be holding on to a grudge rather than forgiving and getting past it. The many of you might be too self-conscious imagining what other people are thinking about you. The many of you might turn inward, shut down, and withdraw emotionally. The many of you might be comparing yourself to others in an attempt to overcome the smallness you feel toward yourself. The many of you might assume the worst in people, become cynical, judgmental, skeptical, even gossip and criticize. The many of you might pass up opportunities to contribute, afraid of saying the wrong thing or having your ideas rejected by the group, so you think it's better just to stay silent. The many of you might be uncomfortable giving a compliment and encouraging others. The many of you 
might have strife in you, causing you to argue and be divisive. The many of you might take things personal and live offended instead of living free. The many of you might be shrinking back because you feel fa failure more than you want success. The many of you might have a negative outlook, always seeing the negative and the bad instead of the positive and the good. What is the smallness? You see, when we abandon smallness, we need to grow bigger on the inside. You grow bigger on the inside. Sometimes you hear people's prayer requests, they want everything bigger on the outside. Give me a bigger, better car. Give me a bigger, better job. Give me a bigger, better... <laughs> right? We think all the bigger and better is here. What if the bigger and better prayer request today needs, needs to be, God, help me to get bigger and better on the inside. I don't want to think small. I don't want to feel small. I don't always want to shrink back. Grow me on the inside. Grow my faith. Grow my courage. Grow my boldness. Grow me on the inside, God. You see, the mini-me, the mini-you will tell you to keep your guard up and play it safe. Don't, don't get to know someone. Don't come to a life group tonight. Don't get connected. Play it safe. You know what's going to happen. You're going to become friends with someone. They're going to stab you in the back. You know it's going to happen. The mini-you will tell you to keep your guard up. The fence is your friend. That's the mini-you. The mini-you will remind you of your failures. Remember that one time? Remember seven years ago when? That's the mini-you talking. The mini-you will remind you of the people who have hurt you, let you down, betrayed you. The mini-you will cause you to focus on what could go wrong instead of focusing on what could go right. I've heard this voice right there ever since I was a teenager. What could go wrong? You sign the lease. Well, what if you can't honor the lease? Right? That voice will start talking to you. Buy a property downtown. What if? What if it closes? What if you can't pay the utilities? What if people leave? What if? What if we build the kids' expansion? What if the economy? What if politics? What if the news? What if? It's always going to try to tell you the fence is your friend. Stay over here, Impala. Stay over here, Micah. Stay over here, Junior. Don't make the move, but faith will tell you. Let's go. Do something. Build a relationship. Grow your calling. Get your joy back. Are you listening to yourself? Or are you talking to yourself? Such a big difference. You see, when you listen to yourself, my mini me, that mini Micah, if I start listening to myself, it can start bringing up you're, you're going to be 47 years old and this and this and this. I, my mind will run wild with this internal dialogue and conversation if I let myself talk to me. But if I start talking to myself, you say, Pastor Micah, what does that even mean? I'm just telling you, if, if you allow your mini-me to do all the talking, 
fear will dominate the dialogue in your soul. Fear is going to keep you contained. Fear will interrupt you every chance it gets. You've got to start speaking faith to yourself. You have to start reminding yourself that all things are possible when you believe. The bigger you will tell you that you shouldn't allow your past to mess up your future. You say, but I'm divorced, but I went through a bankruptcy, but I, I had a bad breakup, but last... Faith is going to tell you, don't listen to that voice. Don't, let, don't, don't listen to the fears that's telling you you can't. Faith will remind you that God is bigger. Faith will point you towards people that will encourage you, stand by you, help you. The bigger you will remind you that God will never leave you. Faith, the bigger you, will remind you of God before you. The bigger you will say things like, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The bigger you will start reminding you, greater is he that's in me. That's the bigger you. And we choose. Do I want to listen and follow smallness? Do I want to live by faith? How many of you today, as we get ready to pray, how many of you want to live a faith-filled life? This teachable, unoffendable kind of life that doesn't want to reminisce and rehash and hold on to the past. You want to let the Holy Spirit stir up dreams and visions on the inside of you. You don't want to stay on the sidelines. You don't want to be fringing your faith. You don't want to stay in the shadows. You don't want to be guarded and apprehensive and reserved for the rest of your life. You want to jump the fence. Whatever it is that's been holding you back, you want to believe that there's life on the other side of that. You want to refuse to live a life that's going to look back with regrets. Regrets. You want to live a life that's full of faith. So we close today. My pastor references in the book the story of Abram, Abraham. He calls it sand and stars. The verse I wanted to read to you was in Genesis 15, verse 5. It says, then God brought Abram outside. Notice that, brought Abram outside, brought Abram outside. So he repositioned him, took him from the tent outside. Sometimes in your life you wonder, like, why does God have me working here? Why did God bring me here? Why am I even here right now? Why Story Side? Why State Route 97? Sometimes God needs to reposition you to get you to see correctly. He brings him outside and says, I want you to look up to the heavens and count the stars if you can. Your descendants will be like that. You know, Abraham doesn't even have the promised child yet. And all of a sudden God is saying, see all those stars? That's what I'm going to do. Sometimes you look at what you have, and then you look at 
these promises of God and you're like, there's no way, that plus that, that, that's impossible. Abram is up in age. And him and his wife are going to have a child. Really, Micah? They tell the joke, how do you know when it's too late? How, how do you know when you're too old to have kids? You know when you're too old to have kids, it, they say it's when you have to look at the pregnancy test like this. <laughs> That's not funny. Abram's old. God says, I'm going to take you places. I'm going to do things with your family. He says, I want you to count them if you can. Go ahead, Abram, count them if you can. Everyone say, look up. Can we say that again? What if today's message, today's time in God's presence was to get your eyes on the right things. What if this whole hour that you've spent, what if it was for you to get your eyes? Hebrews talks about getting your eyes on Jesus, getting your eyes on the right things, not the fear fence, not all the insecurities and how insignificant you are, not all the facts, Abram. Yeah, but I'm old. Yeah, but his wife actually laughed. She thought it was funny. God said, actually, I need you to get out of the tent. Don't live the rest of your life staring up at the ceiling of that tent, the top of that tent. I want you to get out. I want you to look up. What if today this prayer moment was about God saying, I need you to put your eyes in the right places. Put them on me. Put them on your future. Put them on this walk, this journey of faith. As a church, we need to make sure we keep our eyes our eyes on the right things. That could be internship, it could be other locations, it could be writing songs, it could be the marketplace meetup with our businesses, it could be our marriage retreats and fueling the fire of marriage and family. The church is arguably the last institution that's fighting for the family as God designed it. Maybe it's recovery centers and student revolutions and training centers and look up Micah look up story side look up whether it's personally or even as a church what does a looking up mentality ask from you today so if if looking up if the stars could talk to you today Anna what does a looking up mentality what does it ask from you today what does abandoning smallness require of you right now? If abandoning smallness in week two of this series says, okay, Kristen Scott, this is your moment. Steve, this is your moment. Pastor Josiah, if you're going to abandon smallness, what does that require of you right now? What does life look like for you on the other side of the fear fence? Maybe it's accepting Jesus. I've met people over the now 30 years. They'll always say, when I'm ready, when I'm ready, when I'm ready. Ready for what? What are you trying to get ready for? 
Well, when I get my life together, that's not how this works. You just give your life to Jesus as is. Well, when I understand evolution and creation and the rocks and the dinosaurs, and I'm 30 years in, I still don't have all the answers. What are you waiting for? Don't put off till tomorrow. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Maybe that's your jumping over the fear fence. It's, it's I want to accept Jesus today. Maybe for others, it's praise and worship. Maybe life on the other side of the fence. You, you, you love it on this side of the fence because that, that inhibition of what's everyone going to think and what's everyone going to say and what's everyone, who cares? The Bible says, let, it, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And maybe you've been weeks or months, you say, but my childhood and I was raised in a church where people never responded to God. I just don't know about all that emotional stuff. Stop. Stop. Jesus didn't die to save religion. We say it often. He wants a relationship with you. There's no, the Bible talks about how he is preparing the bride. That's the church. There's, there's no healthy relationship that doesn't have emotion and communication. And may, Maybe life on the other side of the fence for you is you really need to take a step forward in your praise and worship. This is not a gig. It's not a concert. Don't slip in with your coffee like, I'm just waiting for Micah to talk. Start. You know, they talk, they talk about people who do the memes and all that. Even just, like, just start. Do, do the elbow flap. But do something. Do the elbow flap. They say, this is heartburn. Do heartburn. Is a heartburn? Change the light bulbs. Say, this is carrying a TV. You can do that. Just carry a TV. Carry a big screen TV. Right? Village people. Touchdown. Rocky. You've got it in you. Just trying to help. <laughs> Maybe it's community connection. You need to make a move to attend Grow. You've been talking about it three years, five years, three months. Well, the next one, well, when I get a free Saturday, jump over the fear fence. You, you don't need to continue this like, well, I'm just trying it out for the last 36 months. There, there, there's never going to be a season in your life where you feel totally secure about everything. Well, if I just feel good about everything in life, I don't know if that ever happens. I think the faith life, there's a lot of times where you're not guaranteed of the outcome. Get in community. Maybe your move is to be baptized. Maybe for some of you to be rebaptized. John 19, people were rebaptized based on new revelation. Maybe that's your move, that you need to jump over the fear fence and say, you know, I want to be baptized or rebaptized. Not to worry about people saying, yeah, but you were baptized 40 years ago. Yeah, but as a child, yeah, but, and sometimes that'll mess with your mind a little bit. Like, well, if I get baptized, does it take away from, not taking away from anything. It's just saying in this season of my life right now, 
I want to make that fresh commitment to Christ. Maybe your faith move is counseling. One of the best moves Angel and I ever made. My pastor told me almost 10 years ago now the blessings and benefits of him and his wife just getting in counseling as a way to stay healthy and communicate. My whole life I always thought counseling was something like, what are they going to say and what are they going to tell and the greatest things Angel and I ever done. Maybe that's the move that you need someone to speak into your life. You don't need to tell everyone, but you do need to find someone you can trust, whether it's a, a pastor, a mentor, a coach, a counselor. Maybe that's your move today. Maybe your move is that you want to stop being so negative and pessimistic. You're like a walking news channel. Stop. Every conversation doesn't need to be doom and gloom. Everything doesn't need to be bad. Maybe that's your move today. Maybe your move needs to be that you're going to be unashamed about your association with God. The Bible says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. But if you don't, maybe your move is that you're going to be unashamed about your association with God. I don't do the story side decal. I don't really tell people on my job about Jesus. You know, when I'm at school, I keep it on the down low. It's almost like it's classified information. Like this one hour, you almost have like just come in like no one knows I'm here, right? Like I, maybe today, you're making a decision. You're going to be stronger in your faith, stronger on social media. One of the greatest shares that should take place every week. Hey guys, join us at one of our three locations. Hey guys, join us online. Hey guys, hear about Jesus. Hey, hear that there is light in a dark world. Hey, hear there's hope. No one should have to say, please share. There should be something on the inside of you that says, I am not embarrassed or ashamed to have it on my timeline. People on my job or in my school. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Maybe that's your move today. You want to be bold. You want to be courageous. You know, pe people, are, even our men's night, Pastor Josiah is sharing all these things they want to do. What if we're doing push-ups? And what if we do bench presses? And what if we do, ah! right? Like men's stuff. It's always funny on TV, like, let's, like, let's do hot dog eating. Like, let's shove 100 hot dogs in our mouth. Ah! How awesome would it be if we could get that same mentality with our faith? Come on, men. We got a men's night coming up. Every man at Storyside should do everything they can to be there that night. Let's not just be strong in these other areas of our life. Like, I'm strong with lifting and I'm strong with... Be strong in your faith. Strong in your faith. Be strong in your family. Lead your family. Statistics say when a child comes to Christ, you know, that there, there's a chance they, they win their, their parents. I think that percentage is somewhere in the 30 percentile. If, if a female, if, if a wife, if a mom comes to church, the, the percentage it'll give. But when you read about if a man truly gives his life to Christ and gets committed and jumps in and, and is all in, it jumps into the 90 percentile that his family will follow. Come on, men. Come on, men.
I say often how thankful I am at StorySide that we have so many men, so many husbands, so many dads that attend StorySide. You, you should tell them thank you every chance you get because that's not in every church. I travel quite a bit. That's not in every church. It, we're very blessed to have so many men that love Jesus. And I want to challenge you yet again today. Be strong in your faith. Don't, let, don't, don't, don't win in all the other areas of life and losing your faith. As you close your eyes today, 12 minutes after 10, what's the leap you need to take? What's the fear fence you need to get over? The fence is not your friend. Do you hear me today? The fence is not your friend. That voice telling you you're a failure and you messed up in your past and you're a loser and Somehow what you did five or ten years ago disqualified you and you'll never amount to anything. And you, I pray even in this prayer time that that voice would be silenced. That voice that's telling you, you can't, you won't, you shouldn't. And I pray right now that faith would be stirred up in this place. Yes, you can. Every one of these young men over here, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Young people, yes, you can. People that are up in years, yes, you can. Single, yes, you can. Married, yes, you can. Not going to live my life on the wrong side of the fence. Not going to live my life on the wrong side of the fence. Come on, Impala. Come on, Impala. Come on, Impala. whether or not it's that move to accept Jesus Christ, the move to grow in your prayer, your praise, your worship, that move, maybe it's even relational reconciliation that you're like, I know I should forgive them. I know I should send the text or the email or make the call. I know I should make it right. I know I should wipe the slate clean. How long are you going to keep waiting? What if you jump over that fence today? What if today, like right now, Sunday, 50-some degrees, sunshine. What if today's the day you make the call, send the text, write the email, I'm sorry, I forgive. Who cares if it was 50-50, 90-10, 70-30. Today's the day we wipe the slate clean because we're getting over the fear fence. What is it today? Can we just have a quiet moment right now as I pray and you ask God, what is it in me? I'm not going to point at a person. I'm not going to point at a place. I'm going to look on the inside. The fears, the smallness, the writer said it comes from within. It comes from within. Could we have quiet time in his presence right now? I just want to pray and I'm asking you to self-reflect. Say, God, whatever it is in me. The psalmist said, search me, O God. Try me, know my heart. See if there's anything in me in me and take it out and so God I pray right now in this moment I pray that you would search every heart I pray if there's anything on the inside of us smallness, inhibitions, inadequacies fears, those anxieties I pray that you would begin to remove those out of our lives so that we can take the leap if there's anything that should not be in our hearts that you would remove it. And I pray not only for the men, but I pray for everyone in the room today that you would challenge us to fight the good fight of faith.
whether it's accepting Christ and repenting and turning from our sin, or whether it's someone who's been around for a while that needs to stir up the gift on the inside of them today. God, I thank you for doing something special right now in your presence. And I pray these prayers in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Can we stand all over the room today? Can we make this song our prayer? How many want to live the faith-filled life? Will you make it your prayer today? Come on, story side, take the lead. Take the lead today.